And we are on. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sports Unhinged. I am Mo and I'm joined by the regulars, Yujita and Coach. Guys, week two is full of action. We'll reflect on that before we look forward to the action of week three. But a lot of storylines to, to, to cover from week two. I mean, for one, the Jets, the Jags, the Lions, all winners in one week. That We haven't Oxygen seen that in a, a long pear time. Tree. Tua with six touchdowns and a comeback win against the Ravens. We'll talk about that in a bit. Our first shutout of the season with Indy failing to launch launch against the Jags. New England winning, like I said they would. Uh, We'll talk about that uh, very quickly. And the Bengals fall to 0-2. But first, I want to start with the Detroit Lions winning 36-27 against Washington. Jared Goff, four touchdown passes. Amon Ra St. Brown, 116 <laughs> yards, 116 yards <laughs> receiving, 68 rushing, two touchdowns. Coach, I don't know if this is an overreaction, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. Are the Lions a possible playoff team? So, no. Um, okay. They're not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it out of the way. <laughs> we'll just set that aside. Um, I, I do think they're going to win more games than we um, – definitely than Vegas predicted them, or at least I'm hoping that they do. Um, I, I, I believe that they're on the right track to be about year, his year three. So next year, um, their cap number is much better coming out of this year into next year. However, saying that I still think if golf plays acceptable, they're going to win more games than you think they might sneak into a seventh seed. Um, I haven't looked at their schedule, to be honest. I just don't know that they're quite there. They're definitely not there on defense. But, man, they scrap around for their head coach. They do, don't they? Yeah, I mean, there, there, there was a funny quote that you mentioned in one of our groups for the head coach. Uh, I can't remember it. Do you yeah, have so a he, handy? He said, how did you celebrate the win? He said, well, I watched Monday Night Football. And he said, well, as a coach, how do you watch Monday Night Football? He said, I watch it till I get drunk and then I fell asleep and – then I wake up, take a few aspirin, come to work. And so here we are. Let's go to work. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, respectable coach. Now I love it. The normal coach. Normal. Normal coach. Yes. Uh, what is it? What is it? One butt cheek and, I don't know, three toes and one butt cheek. That was the the quote from, from, from Hard Knocks. Um, interesting. Interesting guy for sure. Now, they, they beat the Washington uh, Commanders. I have to always remind myself to get that right. So... Yujita, that's that's another loss for a a uh, a rival uh, in the same division. Eagles win twenty four to seven against the Vikings. Good news all around, right? I mean, how how do you reflect on that? Do you see Washington giving you any more trouble, or is it Dallas that we probably underestimated that will any uh... more trouble? Any more trouble? Now, look, <laughs> I'm actually worried about the Giants. More than anything else, really. Uh, yeah, no, they, look, they, uh, they played a really bad team. That's uh, don't, don't, don't even look. I'm not uh, even wearing the, 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 the hat. We, we gotta say this. I think last season we said the Giants are about two to five years away from having a good team, but uh, Dable's doing a pretty decent job. But, uh, you know, 
they haven't played great teams yet, but uh, it's still Eagles looking good. I'm not going to talk about them in this podcast. I want you to right? 24 to seven. I mean, that was a convincing win against a very good team with a mediocre quarterback, but still they've got uh, Justin let's Jefferson. Let's be clear. They played, they played probably one Stop of their best it. first halves in a while. Stop jinxing it. Yeah. Oh they yeah. Did. And um, then they did not I, I, play well in the second half. Well, here's the thing, and like what you said last week, right? They the offense kind of stepped back in the second half and let the the D do its business, which it did. And that's what I like to see both units doing. It's not just the offense, it's not just the defense. Uh they're all doing it. They're all doing it. I mean, Darius Slay, big play slay. I mean Defensive the way player he of the week out. for sure. He he, he was, he was. Because obviously they watched film on Justin Jefferson and he was just shut down there. I mean, he was a player of the game for me. I mean, Hertz did his thing. Yeah. But he has his weapons. And, you know, I mean, Hertz is, I mean, the way he's picked up his game is just unbelievable. I mean, when you guys watch your, your own quarterbacks, I think you have the same feeling as I do. You see his go through his progressions and you instinctively know whether he's got the guy or that passes, uh-oh. It's going nowhere. That, that's how you feel about your own I wouldn't know. We don't really have a quarterback in our team. Well, right? yeah, I was talking to Coach Moore. And, yeah, I and have no comment. Watching. Mine knows where he's going. I forgot. Massage, I'm not sure. Now we don't know anyway. Yeah. So what, watching Hurts, and, and like Coach said, it's one of the best halves they've ever played because every, every ball, every ball he touched, and then, you know, he's going through his reads. You know the pass is good. And that was great to see because he was 100% on completion at one point. So, yeah, we're looking like, good. <laughs> I really liked Hurts about middle of the second quarter on that those last two drives, even the one where they got the ball back and kicked the field goal. Um, I would say 50 or more percent of those completions were on the third read, not on the first, not on the oh, second. Yeah. So that's yep. a lot of maturity for him in only one year. So really impressive. Yeah, yeah. and the, the O line helps as well. And he, yep. and he has a lot of RPOs. He does that really well. So he's using all the weaponry he has. So yeah, it's all looking good. Uh, good schedule. Let's see. Now another big story from the week was uh, in the NFC West. Trey Lance out for the season with a season-ending broken ankle injury that needed surgery. Jimmy G. And enter Jimmy G leading the Niners to a 27-7 win over the Seattle Seahawks. The players did rally around him and it really showed the, the, you know what the team was thinking all along and who they thought the starting quarterback should have been. So coach, does that make the Niners a threat again in the NFC with Jimmy G stepping in? I'm kind of rooting for him. I have to be honest. He's been so professional through the whole thing. He's kept his nose out of it while they've made their decision. He's been out of the media, not raised a big stink. Um, And then when it was his time, he just strapped it up, came in and did the thing. Right. And that's really what you want in a professional anywhere. And especially in a professional football player. And I'm, I really hope they do well just because I'm kind of rooting for him. But at the same time, man, they have a stacked roster, and they've tried to set that roster up around knowing that Lance was coming this year, maybe next year, but really more this year. And my goodness, they look good with with Jimmy G, and they haven't looked good with Lance. Now, I know there's growing pains with the new guy and not understanding, and like we said with Hurts, 
you know, last year really only looking one or two, Mob probably never even getting to the second read and running. Um, Lance was doing a lot of that in the first game, and they ended up losing to Chicago, even though the weather was bad. And then this one, Jimmy G was just cool, man. He just – he never seemed flustered. It just like he's like, I've always been here. Let's go to work. And yeah. I, I, um, I – I, although I stay – I still think that the West is pretty well set. Um, I would never put them past the Rams, but they seem to always play the Rams tough, and Jimmy G plays them tough too. Yeah. Uh, so I, we'll see. And I think – Shanahan likes us as well because uh, he doesn't really need – he can be a bit relaxed now that Jimmy G is under center. And even right. guys like Debo Samuel um, and George Kittle, I think they know the system. So I think they're a little bit more relaxed. They need Kittle back, definitely. They do. They do. Absolutely. Now, um, the next topic that we were going to talk about when we were planning the agenda for this uh, particular episode – was about which of the current coaches for the 0-2 teams are in the hot seat. And I remember... Should we it, step away for the, your rant? Was it we can step away. Was it Coach we or was it you, Yujita, that said, I think we should scrap this because it's really only the Panthers that have somebody in the hot seat. Only I don't say nasty stuff. I don't say nasty stuff. Like now, that. I'm wearing the Charlotte well, Hornets... I'm wearing the Charlotte Hornets cap today in protest because the Carolina Panthers are just not getting it done. Um, but this time, I'm not going to direct my anger towards Angst. the players. I'm not going to direct it towards Baker Mayfield. I think it's time to start talking about the coaching, the coaching staff. I'm not even going to talk about the general manager, Scott Fitterer. I think he's done well in putting together a roster that can actually win games. But now, with the Panthers losing 19-16 to the Giants, that's the ninth straight loss for Matt Rule. He's 10-25. and 25 in his reign at the Carolina Panthers. He's 1-25 when allowing over 17 points. When we allow more than 17 points, we can't overcome that. We have led in 17 of the last 19 games. And we're 5-12 in those games. That's a great stat. Right? So as far as I'm concerned, I think Tepper is doing this franchise a disservice by keeping Matt Rule. I know that he has a seven-year, 60 million contract. I think this guy is the richest owner in the NFL. He can afford to let this guy go. But I think from a fan's point of view, it's 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 over. It's over. Matt Rule, I'm in the Matt Rule out camp. I mean, we, we have three upcoming games in the Bank of America Stadium against the Saints, the Cardinals, and the San Francisco 49ers. And I think all three are must-win. If he loses one of those three, he should be out. Um, then we go to L.A. For, to, to play the Rams in SoFi Stadium, and then we come home to play against Tom Brady uh, at home. I think it's... So you could be 0-7. We could very well be 0-7 if we continue with, uh, with Matt Rule. I'd rather cut, cut our losses short get him out, bring somebody else in, promote somebody from the coordinator. I don't care. But Matt Rule is 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 is, is no longer getting out of goal. Yeah, he's got to go. It, it it has a feeling of Matt Nagy at the moment, doesn't it? Oh yeah, it? yeah, very much. Matt so. Nagy Chicago moment. And I pray that we don't wait as much as the Bears waited for Matt Nagy before they fired him. I don't want to wait till the end of the season. This 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 needs to end. This needs to end now. Yeah. It's funny how I, I started the listening. season. Well, that's, that's rant number one, only it's, in week two. Rant number one, only in week two. 
It's funny how I started the season predicting a blowout for the Panthers against the Browns. And here oh, we yeah, are two right. weeks later. Yeah. <laughs> that seems like ages ago now. I'm, I'm glad that you brought it up. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some real football here now. Miami and the Baltimore Ravens game of the week. We should have probably started the show with this, but Tua connecting with Tyreek Hill. Tua's number one in the NFL in passing yards now with 739 yards. Tyreek Hill is number one in the NFL with 284 yards receiving. And Waddle is number three in the NFL with 240. So, Yujita, are Miami for real? Well, look, uh, I know it's too early. Yeah, it, it is too early. But what we've seen them build out there in Miami, uh, it's looking really good. They, they probably got the fastest four of receivers out there right now. Tyreek Hill, uh, Waddle, Gasecki. Um, and then they just, you know, they just firebomb that secondary of the Ravens. Uh, given that the Ravens safeties are new and they just left it all a bit open, they got a lot of good separation there. But, um, and there was a stat, the, apparently the uh, Ravens D-back ran for 6,000 yards, some, something like that, <laughs> in game. So, yeah, and, so, and, and Tua was, you know, he was com- composed. I think it was 15 plays that they came back to tie the game and then win it. So you got a quarterback who's who, who's not panicked, um, and I, I think I think they are for real at the moment. I mean, there is a test to come, but their defense is good. We saw last season their defense was pretty good, kept them in the uh, in games. And now you got this offense that's you know full of speed, uh, and they've got a, a different schemes going on. Um, and you know, for all the tour haters, I, I just give him a chance. I mean, you hated Hurts. Look what he's done now. I think organization has got a lot to do with it as well. You know, I saw a very strange video that got posted, right? So, you know, Tua is is, is left-handed. And a lot of people complain about the power of his arm. Somebody actually posted a clip of the the video is mirrored, right? So it shows Tua throwing with his right hand. And they actually look like very good passes when he's throwing with his right hand, when the video is actually flipped over. So I don't know if it's a, if it's a, a kind of a... a I don't know, an optical trick or something like that, an optical illusion. But he looked really, really good. Now, on the flip side as well, Baltimore played a very good offense. I mean, you, you had Lamar Jackson connecting with Rashad Bateman early, with Mark Andrews. It was a really, really good game. Um, and, I, and I saw in both of these teams, teams that can actually probably take on the Kansas City Chiefs. They've got enough offensive firepower to go after the Kansas City Chiefs. But coach... From a defensive point of view, I feel like Baltimore let themselves down on the defense. Uh, how do you feel about that from a defensive point of view? So there's a really good article in The Athletic this week about sometimes in NFL seasons, you have sides of the ball for a particular team. So let's say the Miami offense, and they're on the uptick. It doesn't mean they've arrived, right. but they're on the uptick. And then you've got a defense in this case, that is hurt by either injuries or free agents leaving or retirements or their head, their coordinator that's been with them for a very long time, leaving maybe under not necessarily great circumstances like happened in Baltimore with Wink. Um, Wink Martindale, I think. Martindale. And so sometimes that happens and a tsunami happens. And I think that's what happened, especially as Yujita pointed out, all the steps that they ran coming in to that fourth quarter, it just happened, right? And 
when you have two of the speediest guys on the planet in the NFL uniforms, it can make you embarrassed fairly quickly. Um, I enjoyed actually watching the game as a fan. I watched the, just the fourth quarter, and then I watched the All-22, which is the coach's view of the fourth quarter. And they just had many guys out of position, but it didn't look like a scheme problem. It actually looked like freaking tired. Right. Yes, because there was miscommunication all over the place. And then, then you'll look up and Jacecki will complete an 18-yarder right in front of you. And so um, from a defensive point of view, I think it was much more downside of Baltimore than upside of saying that Miami has arrived. That's not saying they won't be good and they won't win many more games. But I think age, I think losing the coordinator, I think free agencies cost them a bit. I think just in general – you don't see your, your, what do we say, your father's, this is not your father's Baltimore Ravens defense. Right. Um, and they're not. And, and they've also changed schemes a bit. And so a lot of the athletes that they've hired to be, let's say, you know, double higher outside safety or double higher outside corner, they have been putting much more one-on-one corner looks. And they're not built for that. And it's right. it bit them bad. Um but, man, I, I can't wait to see Miami play some of these big teams and see how those two speedsters do. And Tua, give him credit. He yeah. sure was calm, wasn't he? He yeah. was. He I mean, never looked like he panicked like he did at times last year. He Not just very – yeah. yeah. So, I, I, I thought it was – as a fan, and I don't watch games very often as a fan, it was a good game to watch. Yeah. Anytime, anytime you see your QB on an RPO go 75 and nobody's catching him, right. you're having fun. Absolutely. Now, uh, yeah, what will be interesting is see what Leslie Frazier will dial up for those receivers when they meet Buffalo. That's what's going to be interesting. Now, the Ravens go up against uh, Bill Belichick uh, this coming week. Yujita, do you think that Bill, are you, are you ready to, to come on over to my camp on the Bill Belichick side and, and, and predict a win for New England against the Ravens? Tom, it's, it's still too early, man. It is still too early. Um, I, I still don't like everything I see. Um, right. I, I, the New England defense with Judon and the guys, yeah, they, they're looking, they look good. But I'm still not sold on that offense yet. Uh, Baltimore is one of those teams. We saw this last season as well. They'll play like three weeks really good and then get blown away on, on week four and five. Um, so... They really need to prove something. I, I don't think they can particularly just keep running with Jackson all the time. I think 155 yards on the ground and he, land, he ran like 120 of them. So th- they'll need to get that run game going. And I, I, I'm not fully sold on New England yet. Uh, and that AFC East is going to be a struggle when it gets really right down to it. Absolutely. Now, so, so, uh, so you may have noticed that I didn't call the game. Yeah, Muhammad. A quick question for you. You you said New England's going to win the game, and you called it. And all props to you. How much of it was a New England win, and how much of it was a very bad offensive showing from Pittsburgh loss? I I think Mitch Trubisky needs to be benched for sure. I think he's he he was horrible, and he definitely contributed to that loss. But I'm actually happy with the way that New England played. The, they fed Damian Harris the ball a lot more. Um, they targeted the weak secondary uh, that was out there for Pittsburgh. 
Um, and I think Bill Belichick really, and, and that's how Bill Belichick does it, right? He does enough to win. And I have him actually, I have the New England Patriots winning 24, 28 to 24 against the Ravens this week. I was actually disappointed that you, you didn't select it for the pick six, but I'm going to put the prediction out there just, uh, just in case. Yeah. The, the, this New England game was one of those ugly games that it was unwatchable. Fitted, no, yeah. it, it fitted both. You know, Pittsburgh likes to win ugly games, and now New England now seems New England like they like become to. that so, team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it could have gone either way. So, yeah, there was nothing great about it. And you're right, Pittsburgh. I don't know if Trubisky is the only issue because Najee Harris couldn't get anything going with that O line. That O line is just you know it just crumbles. So right. I don't know both those teams. Boy, I don't know. Well, let's move on to the next one. How about them Cowboys? The Bengals were unable to overcome the Cowboys. There's coach. He's uh, uh, he's applauding. got a uh, forced applause. Did we rush to judge the Cowboys? Coach? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> you went there. You went there. <laughs> you should be a headline writer. That was I know, right? It's the easiest uh, headline there. And and you came up with it on your own. That was oh, great. absolutely, absolutely. No, it's plagiarism. Absolutely. Answer the question. I'll answer it. Um, probably. Yes. I, I, I'm not a cowboy homer, obviously, and you know that. I'm not a fan of the cowboys at all, and you know that. Um, but I do think that they put together a very, very talented defense. Um, I think that they got probably – now that T.J. Watt's gone, maybe the best pass rusher in the game at the moment, and he just puts yeah. a fright in some quarterbacks. Now, wow. in terms of wow. um, Cincinnati, you know, the, I think their quarterback's quite a bit gun-shy. I will compliment my statistician. Um, we had a conversation today. What we figured out was both Pittsburgh and Dallas run a single-high um, undercover three defense. And for some reason, that really has given him trouble in seeing lanes, and he's so worried about what's coming at him. And so we didn't look, but I'm going to look, how many teams, let's say in the next five, six weeks for Cincinnati, has that similar defense, and we'll see how they play. As far as Dallas goes, it was a really well-called offensive game. It was very comfortable for him. It was very conservative, but it was also opening up enough, not just – one of the few times I've seen in the last maybe two years where Zeke and Pollard were on the field at the same time. Yeah. And I think that has to do with, they just are terrible at receiver other than CD lamb. Even he had a decent game, right? He, he popped open some good times. They had a good tight end game and a, actually a good tight end scheme um, where he would bump and then come open for five or six yards, made that quarterback, which is named rush uh, made rush comfortable. And we'll see. I mean, if you look at their their schedule being Dallas. It's pretty tough. It's pretty tough. It's a tough one, especially now that the Giants are playing better. Um, obviously, Washington's not very good, but um, they've got Philly here in a few weeks. They're, they're going to have a tough one. if, they, Like you said, or someone said, if he could go 500 or they could go 500 or even, what was it, two and three while Zach, or Dak is – predicted out i think yeah. everybody'd be happy with that now on the bengal side yujita 
I, I, I see a quarterback that has not really recovered from his appendicitis that the surgery that he had right before the season started. Do you think that's contributing to the fact that the Bengals are not able to, able to get things going? 0-2 now. Yeah, if by appendicitis you mean their O-line, yeah. Because, you know, <laughs> that is, I mean, it is it is a shambles. I mean, and if you watch, if you watch Joe Burrows, he's a bit like, you remember how Mahomes was with his O-line yeah. last year at the start? So he's, he's always, you know, corner of the eye. He's looking down at the O-line and he doesn't really trust them. And Micah Parsons was, you know, just, uh, he was just all over this thing. Right. And he couldn't get, he couldn't connect with uh, Boyd. He couldn't connect with uh, Chase, I think, till about the fourth or third quarter. Um, so he's not really comfortable. They need to fix, I think they got Lyle Collins on that line as well during the offseason, but that hasn't made much of a difference. And, and he's not being creative either. I mean, you've got a threat in the backfield with Mixon and Chase, but you don't do play action. So, you know, no, no uh, throws over 20-plus yards. So they've got real, real problems there. And they have a good unit. They have a good team. But something's got to change in Cincinnati. And yeah. Burrows has to be at the front and center of that. He's got to trust that O-line. He's got to get things going. They go up against the Jets, I think, this week, right? Yes. The Jets who pulled off an unbelievable... Last minute win. Uh, that was quite a celebration there. So let's see. I mean, there's a coach. You know, we're we're in a couple of eliminator leagues, and last week many people must have been knocked out with the Bengals uh, selection over the Jets. Yeah. Um, all right. Now, quickly, let's react to the. I mean, we made the wish last week that Chicago would pull something off against uh, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, they didn't. Yujita, what do you think? Uh, what What are your reactions to that game? Ten to twenty seven. Uh, you know what? I, the whole time I was thinking, uh, our dear friend Mark, yeah, would look at that and say, "Well, that was piss poor." Typical. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll that the word piss poor. <laughs> that will be yeah, typical and a shake of the head, and that's exactly what I was thinking. I mean, uh, they've got to let you know. You keep hearing the whole week, let Ross cook, let Gino cook. Well, let Fields flourish, my friend, because. There, it looks like they're they're holding him back. He had what eleven attempts, seven completions. You know, in the NFL, you're not gonna get even in the first game. I think he had like twenty five or something like that. So uh, he doesn't look comfortable. It's just sad to see because they they do really good in patches. I mean, they started the game really well. You know, I think Green Bay went for a field goal and then they came back with a touchdown. They were leading the game and they yeah. looked. And 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 uh, on from the backfield, Montgomery he looks good as well. But you cannot have that kind. If you don't have that positive offense, then Chicago isn't going to go anywhere much, especially in that North now, which looks very competitive with Detroit leading the way. So uh, yeah, I mean, I like to be. I want to be happy for them, but it's it. They're making it tough. Yeah. Well, despite that, we, we're still replacing the crying Jordan uh, graphic uh, on the pick six with an Aaron Rodgers falling on the floor with his helmet coming off. So uh, that one's for you, Mark. Before we get into the pick six, however, Coach, I wanted to ask you about Indy and the shutout against the Jaguars, right? Uh, Frank Wright, from a coaching perspective, I, I never thought that you know a team with Jonathan Taylor on there would ever be shut out. Uh, what happened there? 
I think Jonathan Taylor, Taylor did really well last year because they had a lot of play action off of him. Yes. And then once you complete some of that play action, then it comes back and opens back up for him. They, they've seemed to gone away from that this year, right? They go to a lot of single back set, um, even, even some RPO. They run him on quite a few screen, um, and he's not that type runner. He's a see-and-go type runner. Um, right. And I'm, I'm, I'm a little disappointed that they've tried to change what works so well for them and him. Um, I also – you might compliment the defenses that they played. I don't know why you would do that with Jacksonville, but – they actually are pretty statistically a good defense. Um, when when you're that number one guy, there, there are more targets on your back than when you're that number five, six, seven guy. Um, and I think that's probably gone into it, but they just can't they, – one, they don't have good quarterback, quarterback play still. No. Um, and I don't think they have comfortability in calling plays when their quarterback play is not good. Um, and if that's the case, then you just load up on the box and you dare your quarterback to beat him, and he can't. Um, even, you know, even going back to last year against Jacksonville, right. it played out the same way, just with a different quarterback. The play calling was almost identical. It's like they've lost complete ideas and thoughts and interactions with their quarterback on creating opportunities for him or them or those quarterbacks. I don't know what's happened because I like him as a coach and yeah. I like him as an offensive mind, but he's in the gutter at the moment and he's better get out of the gutter. Or he might be on the same path as the Carolina coach. Yeah. It takes a bit more than that to be on the same path as the Carolina coach. I think that's uh, <laughs> that's a, yeah. it could be that he came up against his old boss, Peterson, and, and he's doing a good job there at the Jacks. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. All right. With that, let's move on to the pick six contest. This is the contest between me and Yujita for the whole of the regular season. You guys know the rules. Three picks against the spread, three picks against the over-under. We get one point for each correct pick and two points if we beat our expert coach. Uh, now, let's have where, a quick where is look. He? Let's have a look at last week's results. Coach, another three out of six. You're still not I mean, you're not able to get you're things consistent. going here. Uh, I'm even consistent. in Vegas. I'm even. Even in Vegas. in Vegas. Yes. Uh, I got four out of six. Yujita, three out of six. We both had one uh, beat the expert double points. I really wish I got the New England-Pittsburgh over-under correctly so I can have a full flex this week. But unfortunately, I didn't. But now, if we look at the total points for the season, me and Yujita are evens 12 to 12. So... Uh, the race to McDonald's continues. Uh, <laughs> all right, so let's start with the first. Don't game, look behind. Though. The first game of the season, the showdown of the AFC East: Buffalo Bills at the Miami Dolphins. Coach, the odds. So at the moment, as of this podcast, Buffalo is favored minus five and a half, and the over/under fifty-three point five. Fifty-three point five. Now we ask the question: Are the Miami Dolphins for real? Yes, they are, but they're no realer than <laughs> than the Buffalo Bills. Is that a word? Yeah. Uh, you so reeled it. You reeled it in. I reeled so. it in. I reeled it in. Yeah. So I'm gonna keep this short and sweet. Everybody's expecting the over. The over under is at fifty three point five. I don't think it's going to be. 
I mean, we can't have that many fireworks back-to-back weeks in the NFL with the same teams here. So I'm going to go Bills 29, Miami 20. So Buffalo cover and the under. Yujita. Um, I'm actually, I think Miami covers here. I'm, you know, Buffalo probably wins uh, with a field goal or something like that. But um, Buffalo's missing Micah Hyde and some issues on secondary as well. So... I don't know how, you know, uh, how they're going to deal with Tyreek and the guys there. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to go on the tour and Miami bandwagon for a while. And I'm going to say 30 to 27 uh, Miami cover over. Okay, opposite picks here. Fantastic. All right. Game number two. And if you look at the graphic here, I mean, I saw a meme. Oh, sorry, coach. Jeez. (laughs) <laughs> yeah what the hell we forgot how the you, experts how do you beat the expert when you don't let the expert <laughs> oh, it's pick? been a long week all right go ahead coach <laughs> something I'm about milk and too much was it too much bottled milk or something growing up i don't know there's a i there's don't a know yeah, yeah, yeah that, well that that's all he had as a baby bottled milk that's the problem there you go that's it hey you um, keep repeating that every episode it might catch on now let's let's calm down with that <laughs> So what I'll, what, what I'll say is very simple. Until your mama calls me, I'm going to say it. <laughs> All right. Go ahead, Coach. I don't know what to say for this. All right. Um, just, just, just go ahead. Give us your face. Buffalo covers and over. I think it's similar to something like Kansas City Buffalo not too long ago. But I do think Buffalo will cover the five and a half and it'll go over. All right. Two Excellent. Points. Now, game number two, Green Bay at Tampa Bay. And the reason why I, I probably was too excited to jump onto this game is because if you see from the graphics, I saw a meme that said that Tom Brady's face right now looks like if someone tried to draw Kevin Bacon from memory. And I just can't unsee it, right? <laughs> so we've got Nicolas Cage from Con Air against Kevin Bacon right now. Uh, Coach, give us the odds here. So at the moment, we are Tampa Bay minus 1.5 even with their depleted receiver core and the over under 41.5. That was an exciting fight that happened in, with the Saints. And that I was a it, long time coming. And I think it's the second year coming that Evans gets ejected against the Saints, right? Uh, <laughs> and then when they asked him, yeah. why did you do that? He's like, it's Tom Brady. It's Tom what do you Brady. expect me to do? What do you want me to do? That's, a, <laughs> that's his version of, he's my quarterback, man. Anyways, so Yujita, uh, uh, get us started with the picks here. Uh, yeah, um, Evans is. I think he's out for the game as well. Yes, he is, is he suspended? Suspended. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was good. It was good to see Tom Brady, you know, throw an iPad. I mean, I secretly liked seeing him getting pissed off there. Uh, look, from the, from what I saw in the quarterbacks in the last week, I think Aaron Rodgers looked a little bit more, you know, eliter. Is that another word? Eliter. Reeler uh, and eliter. Eliter. He was a reeler eliter. That's what he is. Yeah. Oh. Hey, listen, when, no. when words like YOLO are making it to the dictionary, I think we are okay here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, he, he had so many plays going on there. You know, jet sweep, RBO, and play action. And I think he looked more composed. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, as much as I hate to do it, I'm going to go Green Bay to cover 28-25. 28-25. Okay. Over. 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 And Green Bay to cover. I'm going the exact opposite. I feel, I I hope that Giselle gives Tom Brady another call and yells at him and gets him even more angry. 
Um, they're playing at home. I think Tom Brady is going to be able to figure it out. He's being he's getting a little too frustrated. I see a very close game. Uh, I've got Green Bay 16, Tampa Bay 20. Coach? I think both defenses are pretty darn good, so I definitely have the under in this game. What I can't figure out is who's going to show up offensively. Right. Um, is it going to be Nicholas Cage or Kevin Bacon? Um, and, and that's why I'm having a hard time understanding the point spread. If I had to really – like if my money was on this, I, I've got to take Tampa Bay. Um, so I'll take Tampa to cover and the under. Tampa oh, to big so points. Same as, big same points as, this week. You can get double points there, Ujita. Big All right. points again. Cool. Third game, the San Francisco 49ers at the Denver Broncos. Now, I'm sorry. I know that this, you know, the Denver Broncos won last week, but I just couldn't. Again, another meme that I saw of Russell Wilson. This one's good. Playing, looking like Tiger Woods in his mugshot. And that's another one that I can't unsee. So I have that to put so it wrong. up there. That is so wrong. Coach, give us, give us the odds, San Fran at Denver. So how about this? San Francisco minus 1.5 is the favorite in this game and over under 44 and a half. Okay, let me get started with this one. I think the, the hype is too much on Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think that that team was able to show any signs of being consistent under Trey Lance. And with Jimmy Garoppolo, they were playing against a very bad Seattle team. So I've still got a high scoring game. Um, I've Maybe gone a little bit overboard with this one, uh, but I've got Denver winning convincingly, tw- 42 to 29, Denver. Oh, oh, so I've got one of those shootouts that's going to be again? exciting. And I think Russell, Russell 42 Wilson. 42 yeah, 29. 40, 40, wow. Russell Wilson <laughs> gets out on bail and shows us a big game and finally gives us a sign of, of I think he connects with yeah. Cortland Sutton. I think this is, I, I, I think so. I don't think this is that game, man. I, look, San Fran, they already know Russ from back in the day. Yeah. Uh, San Fran's defense is still good. And got faith in Jimmy G. He's the guy who took them to the NFC champ and a Super Bowl. So uh, I don't think Russell's still uh, – they have issues in Denver with Russell at the moment. So I don't think it's all there. Uh, 26-21, San Fran. 26-21. Okay. Over. Over as well. Over. All right. Now, see, maybe I'm I'm just trying to compensate and apologize to Russell Wilson for the graphic that I chose for him. So I'm giving him a big win with 42 points. Coach. My goodness. Um, I agree. I think both defenses are better than we've seen or than we think. Really, Denver's defense has played pretty well in the even both in their loss and in their win. It wasn't the lot when they lost to Seattle. It wasn't the defensive fault. Defense's fault. They didn't play bad. Um, they played pretty good. So I like the under in this game. Um, and I'm rooting for Jimmy G. So I'll go San Francisco to cover. But I think Patrick Sertain is out in the game. That's all right. So you've got San Francisco and the under. San Francisco under. San Francisco under. Okay. We didn't need the uh, tiebreaker, which is always the Chicago game. But let's talk about it anyway. Houston <laughs> at Chicago. Any thoughts here? I'll take Houston, um, my hometown team, to win, and neither of the, these offenses are any good, so definitely under. Okay. Yujita? Yeah, it's one of those 50-50 for Chicago, so I want them to win this. So Chicago to cover and the under. 
I've got Chicago 37 to 10. Whoa. <laughs> I'm going to keep predicting big wins until one of them hits for Chicago because I missed the first week. Right, I underestimated right. them in the first week, so I'm trying to make up for that. When's the last time Chicago has scored 37 points in a game? I, that's a good point. I should have looked that up. I'm not you I'm should have looked that up. <laughs> do do you want to reel it back? Am I might reel it I'm going to say you run this reel back. 71, maybe? 85. 85. They didn't have any many blowouts in 85. They had a ball control offense. Right. It was yeah. Yeah. the fridge. The fridge. Yeah. Yeah. Give it yeah, into yeah. the fridge. We'll see. Yeah. I'm going to look that up. I'll, I'll have that stat for you pretty soon. That'll be an interesting one. All right, guys. Great episode. We'll wrap it up here. For those watching, make sure you comment, share, subscribe, and we'll see you guys next week. Yujita, we've got a lot of double points on the cards this week. So uh, let's oh, see. Oh, can't wait. Them. Can't wait. You guys make sure the, everyone uh, make sure everyone comments on the music. The music on this podcast. Oh yes, awesome. I forget. I forget to talk about that every single week. So you guys would have noticed that our uh, intro music oh, wait, has coach. changed. <laughs> yes, well done, coach. Uh, our intro music has changed. Yujita, can you tell us a little bit about the composers uh, of 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 the intro music? Oh man, yeah, those guys they work really hard on their music. Um, they're they're good at it. Yeah, they're getting better, but they've done a good job. I think uh, really excited to do that tune for you and us. So yeah, my boys, Ilya and Armin Yujitas, two young boys who are very talented on the guitars, the drums, and musical instruments. And coach, Did you've not got, you, get it from my side. You've got a, quite the statistician there. That's uh, only really doing you some favors here he's not sharing the love with his statistics with with the rest of us so we have to do our own research no he hasn't been too good we've, we're 50 50 on the pick em, so i'm gonna have to talk to him about that but i'm starting to teach him to look at film and he's like dad why is that guy always in the middle deep and i'm like that single eye safety he goes that's what that means okay yeah. so we're starting to get it and then he, he loves the statistics obviously numbers I've got a yellow pad here with numbers and numbers and numbers and numbers. So another shout out to Josiah here. Now I have a six-year-old who's been watching our our uh, episodes as well. He came up to me and he's like, Dad, why are you guys predicting minus three plus three? What does that mean? I'm like, you're too young to know what Vegas odds are, son. So I'll, I'll send wait him, a few send years. Send him to my house. I'll help him. I'll, I'll take care of him. <laughs> All right. On that note, guys, this has been Sports Unhinged. We'll see you guys All next right. week. Take care. Thanks, Thanks again. Man. Thank you. Bye -bye. See ya.